This is the 1080 Outdoors Podcast. I am your host, Taylor Henry. This is episode number 17. Our specific topic that we're covering today will have to do with acorns, the acorn crop this year, and how it's going to affect our hunting over the next couple weeks. Um, They are transitioning off the green and moving into the woods. There's no doubt about it. Um, We'll give you some of our techniques and strategies on that. We'll update you on some uh, of our hunts so far and what our strategies are for the next week. Also, what we're going to do with the weather that's upcoming. Once again, Steve is going to join me on this as this is part of our land management series. And Steve dives deep, deep into some tree stuff, some land management stuff. And uh, go ahead and check out one of our recent posts where there's a video showing some of Steve's work and the difference it made. Enjoy. Steve, we're entering. Well, today is September 24th. So we're, we have gone 10 days into the Wisconsin season, uh, Iowa people. And I think Illinois too is October 1st opening. So it's coming up soon. Um, so pretty soon uh, the Midwest is going to be fully open and everyone's going to be hunting. Anyone who's listening to this will be hunting. So let's start off with what you, you, you did last week. Um, I'm sure it's similar to what I did and then what your plans are for this next week. And then we're going to cover, um, what our theories are on the acorn drop. So, yeah, I mean, so what I did last week, cause it was just ridiculously hot, um, is put a, uh, a young, uh, a rookie hunter on a stand twice. And, uh, he went out and the first day at four deer under him, which he thought was pretty awesome, but it was a little too dark. And then the second day he had a little buck at 10 yards. And when he went to draw back, it busted him and took off. So <laughs> two really cool experiences that I think we've all been through. Um, have you been busted drawing back your bow? I'm assuming. Like, oh, yeah. Who hasn't? And uh, so, so yeah, so that was really cool. But as far as hunting, um, yeah, I haven't, uh, haven't really, haven't really done it yet. Cause just me personally, if it's hot, I, and I don't have anything huge um, that I know about to chase. It's just not that fun for me. Yeah, I've yet to really have a situation where I like something was coming out so so routinely that I thought it'd be a good idea to hunt in that weather that we had last week. Like we're talking like eighty to eighty five humid. Yeah, gnats, mosquitoes. Oh, terrible. So we had a break yesterday. Um, Yesterday, last night was really nice, and then today again is hot and humid. But right. um, so, what's your plan for this upcoming week? Are you gonna get uh, out uh, and actually hunt for yourself at all? It depends. If we get a like a cold front comes through, um, I'll get out for sure. But if not, uh, tomorrow morning, uh, that guy's coming out again in the morning. So I'm gonna put him on a stand in the morning. It's it's kind of weird, man. It's I uh, it's I have almost as much fun just getting the text messages from him on what he's seeing. Yeah, because I know how excited he's getting to like shoot a porky, which is just <laughs> you know what I mean. But I think that's so cool. As so, long as you're getting that leg shake going on. Yeah, well, I'm expecting because so he got busted drawn back. So I figure next step he misses one, and then he'll wound one, and then maybe he'll get one. <laughs> the progression yeah. I'm expecting. Yeah. But yeah, so this week it just I, I hopefully it, it gets cold. And um, for me, we'll get talking about it, but like, so my land is managed for um, fall shift. And uh, I, I, I'm a firm believer that there's, for most properties, there's a big shift in where deer live once the leaves drop. Yeah. Like for well, me, I, I mean, everything let me tell I you, manages for the fall. Let me tell you, if you're hoping for a cold front and a good, a good day to hunt, I got something for you. All right, let's hear it. Um, so... 
I'm a big believer in hunting backside, frontside, fronts, and then um, watching that pressure. I don't have like a ton of like data or anything to prove that like the pressure rising um, proves like a ton, but I know for a fact that it usually means that um, fronts are coming or leaving or whatever. So like tomorrow and yesterday was a rising pressure. Um, and anytime you can get above 30 right now is really good. Uh, have you ever like hunted around like weather watching pressure much? I don't see, I, I, I don't watch the pressure, but the weather that comes with pressure. So like the pressure is mm -hmm. changing, but that means a storm's coming in. So I look at it like, let's say I was out in the woods and a bad storm comes through. You're hunkered down all night, right? Cause yeah. that's just what you do. And then come once the storm blows over, you're hungry mm -hmm. or, and you're probably cold and wet. So you want to get up moving and getting some food. Um, yeah, because the same thing goes with, because a lot of people with like fishing, like, oh, high pressure, low pressure. There's no organs in fish to sense a change in pressure. Plus underwater, I mean, it's like minuscule. Mm -hmm. But with pressure comes weather changes. And that can be like, you know, change the flow speed and a, a bunch of different things that are part of the pressure change. Does that make yeah. sense? Oh, yeah. I think um... – I think it does have a lot to do with what changes in like the overall weather. Cause generally when you have a pressure spike, you're yeah. going to have a wind, you're going to have a wind switch, which, you know, anytime you have consistent wind for three or four days and it switches to a different wind and then you have, you know, a different change in the weather, like you're going to see more movement. So like I said, it's not, I don't have any hardcore facts behind it. I do watch it because I do. It's interesting to see like, the, the it's more like a subtle change where you see a cold front come in and you can see like oh there's a higher pressure front here um which generally leads to probably a bigger front that's coming in so yeah. for example like last night the pressure topped like just under 30 which is good it was just pretty good in september and and different times of the year it changes so later in the year higher pressure becomes more the norm it's so like right now anytime you can get over 30 is pretty good and so like tomorrow we're gonna have rain tonight pressure is going to bottom out <clears throat> at 29.62 in the morning and then be consistently rising so like i like to catch that rise um on the front side so like it's going to rise until thursday morning and it's going to top out at like 30 so tomorrow afternoon to me um i see from that pressure and all that weather is that the humidity is going to move out after that storm it's only a high of 68 tomorrow night's a low of 46 that's pretty cool weather. That's, I mean, that's tomorrow night's the low of 46. Mm -hmm. This is, oh, this man. is in my town too. So like, I know yours, um, I can't lacrosse is a, look, well, it's only, it'll only be a couple degrees probably, but, yeah. um, yeah. So like See, we're I'm a big, big believer in, um, like a big temperature drop. So, cause you know, if you're going from 68, 70 down to 46, well, I mean, morning, what, do we, what do we top? I mean, today is, I think I topped, I saw 80 at one point. So. Yeah, and humid. Yeah, so, yeah. and again, I, th I just think like, I mean, they're just animals. Or the animals are mammals, right? Mm -hmm. It gets cold. You know, all of a sudden it gets cold. It's like, I'm freaking cold. I'm not used to this. I like I to call get my up dad and move around a little when bit. His, when his elbow starts hurting. That's what yeah. I mean. <laughs> it's the same, same kind of, I mean, that's, I would assume, I mean, that where pressure comes into effect and it affects people's bodies and I don't know, all that, all that jazz, but even better front, so, um, Thursday, I think will be good. Thursday's the high of 66. Friday is going to be a stormy day again, looks like, but it's going to stay cool. And then we're bottoming out at about 29.6 on Friday during the middle of the day. And it's going to rise all the way. So Saturday is going to be a great day. High of 62, partly cloudy, sunny. Um, those are the days I really like right now. It's the Friday night low. 
like Saturday, Friday, Friday night Saturday low night. is 45 with you're looking at the rain moving out probably around like dark. And then it's going to, the pressure is like aggressively rising all the way. Like it's our, like bottoming out at 29.6 at 2 PM on Friday. And it's going to be all the way up to 30 on Saturday morning. So, I mean, if you're a morning hunter right now, Saturday morning will be a great morning. Yeah. I was just going to say, I might have to go uh, sit by some bedding areas before Oktoberfest. Yeah. And then uh Saturday afternoon looks really good too. I mean, you're talking, um, this is what people talk about the, the bluebird, like sunny days with weather changes that Saturday looks to be that day. Um, pressure's going to hang above 30. It's still rising. Max is out at 30.2 on Sunday, which is really Sunday, like early, like AM, like 3 AM, which is really high for September. And then we're, we're looking at, it looks like, I mean, you're looking at a lot of rain Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. That's what I see. Nice. So Saturday could be a. Yeah, I'll be out Saturday morning for sure. And then two, um, just full disclosure for me with kids and wife and work. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes I go just because life allows me to go. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it could be like, it's whatever, 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 terrible, but Hey, I can go. So yeah. I'm going to go. Oh, for sure. I think, uh, especially when you get later in the year, it's there. The weather kind of gets tossed out the window besides, um, and I'll kind of, <laughs> I can explain what happened to us last night is we went out. Um, I had looked and this is a stupid, stupid thing. I looked yesterday morning and it showed West Northwest wind at like 11 miles an hour all day. So me being, you know, like you're working all day and you're busy and you slip out. Um, I didn't even look at the, I didn't look at the wind again and I get out there and I'll shoot my bow. And I'm like, that is a little bit more Western than I thought it would be. And we, we were just going to go sit in the corn and actually had, I expected fully expected a good shot at a buck last night um, with, with a West Northwest wind. And we started walking out there and uh, it's back in that spot that me and you turkey hunted. I wasn't sitting that corn and, and watch that lower, lower section of hay. And that wind was like Southwest which is terrible that's blowing <laughs> down like everywhere it shouldn't be. And I'm like, Oh, just go not, not worth it. So we, we zipped back with the UTV ran across the, the, my other, the other farm that I have access to across like the road where a Southwest wind would work. And we're going to sit in the corn there too. And got to the spot or was starting to get close to the spot. And, the wind there was just a little bit different. Like it was like cutting right. and I, and you know, like you sit on the edge of the corn, the wind's going to follow that corn too. So it just wasn't, we backed out there and then ended up driving around looking for and just observing. And we saw a, sh a shitload of deer. So I probably saw 30 deer on the uncle's property, all different spots. Um, ton of deer moving, but nothing, no big bucks or anything, but, it's not exactly as you know around here. It's you don't really have great observation places from the road, so did the best we could. But you ever yeah. go shining? I used to do a lot when I was younger. I haven't done it in forever. Usually try to get out um, first week of November a couple times. I bet the technology now is amazing, like compared to what I had when I was a kid going shining all as a teenager. Well, I haven't you, done it forever. See, you see some giant bucks. Oh, I should that do first that. week of November. It's pretty crazy. It's um, I don't, I've never like shined like where I hunt. 
right? I guess. And maybe I should, I don't know, I could. I, I guess I'd never really think that those deer get that close to the road there. But I mean, some of those places out on those county, like township roads, you see some, I've seen some crazy stuff. And there's being a cop for those years and, you know, making sure the road ditches were clear while driving. <laughs> I was going to say, tax <laughs> dollars well spent. Got the hey. damn. Hey, the uh, squad car hey, spotlight, making sure the corn's all up. I hit I hit township roads that hadn't been hit probably by a cop in three years in the middle of the night. That's where they're cooking meth. Nice job, sir. Appreciate yes. your service. Yes, making sure there's no littering in the road ditch. So I had to hit my alley lights. <laughs> but you, oh. see, I did. I I saw some pretty incredible stuff. I, I watched a 170, probably right around there, literally gore a doe, pin her really? down like, off the side of the road one time. You know, it's funny. This is this kind of brings up. I'll, I'll never forget when you told me because I live on a dead end road. I'm like, I don't get why these cops like to drive up and down this road. Like, no one lives here. Nothing's going on. He's like, they're looking for deer. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's I, what they're I doing. Did, I did that on your road many times. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. But uh, yeah, so um, getting into what we're what most people are dealing with and then what most people are going to say right now is what turns into the October lull and all your hunting goes to shit because all the deer in the woods eating acorns, blah, 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 blah. So number one, I'd say acorn crop is really good. Apple crop is really good. Um, yeah. Acorns, apples, hickories, uh, it's, uh, black walnuts. I mean, every yeah, nuts and yeah, nuts in general are, are really, really, uh, it's a huge crop and then we were talking earlier so like on my one on my cameras price can i mean i don't have any huge box but i got tons of deer and it's just completely changed like they're just they've changed their uh, eating patterns and the only thing i can think of is they're gorging on nuts yeah for sure for sure and it makes sense because um, we said we mentioned it before too and um drive around and even from when i got back from wyoming which was what seven days ago or when did you get back from Colorado? Was that, was that last, uh, it was Monday. So like 10 days ago, probably. Yeah. yeah. We could go. And like how much the bean fields has changed too. Like, oh yeah. It's like every crazy. bean field yelled now. Yep. So that's why I think the deer that were moving through heading to the, cause I got a bean field adjacent to my property. That's yellow. And now it's just nuts everywhere. Mm -hmm. Like it's, I don't think I've ever seen so many nuts. And my apple trees are loaded. Actually it's kind of crazy. Sarah, the one, apple tree just loaded with apples i mean loaded and i went back up and there were none it was like they all got blown down and dropped and the deer ate all of them yeah hammered them it was just crazy like it just yeah usually they kind of they don't all drop at once like that it was really cool yeah um that's one thing too like, real I quick on looking at your property though or go ahead sorry yeah just really quick on land management if you have apple trees on your property get out in the winter time and, and prune them, like jump on YouTube or something like that. Cause I did that. And I'm talking from like a few little miniature apples here and there to they're just loaded, like completely loaded with big apples. And all it takes is a freaking handsaw. Yeah. If you think that you're going to just let apple trees grow naturally, they don't grow as well, do they? No, you got it. Uh, we have some honey crisp trees in my parents' front yard. And I think they did that the first couple of years and, learn that need to cut them and trim them and it yep. changed, changed a lot and it's crazy you like a rule of thumb is if you can throw your hat through the tree that's good yeah and uh, it seems like so sparse but man there's just so many apples 
So yeah, so for my property, I found, oh, I don't know, 10, 12 apple trees. I cut down the trees around them. So, you know, to open up sun to them and then trimmed off the branches you're supposed to trim off and just a massive amount of apples. It's pretty cool. And yeah. you know, obviously that's good for any property to have, uh, you know, it's going to bring deer in. Oh, for sure. They love, they love apples. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so yeah, was it really tough with the plans for next week? Yeah. Um, in general, like I think, um, well, my plan is, you know, to hunt Saturday possibly and tomorrow. Um, looks like next week during the week is going to be rainy. But overall, like your theory on how you, like, I think your property sets up really well for acorns and like your access. And I yeah, think it does. Like my situations, like I've always held back on hunting acorns because you, you have to push in a little bit. And my access is always from, um, top down where yours is from the bottom up. Um, so you can catch those morning, morning movement back to beds and stuff where they do hit those acorns. But, um, what's your theory on it? My theory is it's as simple as the green fields turn brown. They don't hit them anymore or as much. And then they move to, they move to the next best food source. Yeah. Uh, well, my theory is, um, survival, right? So what's going to yeah. help a deer survive and put on the most amount of fat in the shortest amount of time the most nutrient dense, highest fat content thing that's in, and there's nothing more than nuts. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, it's, uh, if they're there, they're going to eat the hell out of them until they're gone. And why wouldn't you, right? Cause you know, obviously the fatter you get, the better your chances are of making it to the spring green up. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully for, I mean, even, uh, year. even bear hunting, right? So it's, you know, bear hunters kind of know of, if you know you're out baiting and you got this bear coming consistently and they just stop, it's because the nuts dropped mm -hmm. and they're gorging on acorns. It's such oh, really? as, yeah. It's like once the acorns drop, it's like my my all my baits went dead. So my brother, he's big and it's really cool or really interesting how it's just like bear, 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 nothing. Yeah. And I've I've experienced too where you get, you know, they're, they're just they've changed they went hard horned number one so they're going to yep. change the way they're moving and then like their food is changing like the beans are not that green lush thing that they were getting a lot of their hydration from anymore yeah um, and if you got if you got i mean loads of acorns everywhere and then for for my property i mean one of the things is like there's which one do you hunt right there's oak trees all yeah. over but one thing i, I that i've done that I, it's, I think one thing I know is helpful is I'll go out and cut down. Um, let's say there's a cluster of four oak trees and you know, one is the strongest and then three are like kind of mediocre. I'll cut down those three so that one oak tree, they like research clearly shows if uh, one good oak tree will produce more acorns than four that are competing with each other. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yep. And then I go through too, if you have like a big elm tree competing with an oak tree, I cut down the elm. If I got basswood or whatever competing with a good looking oak tree, I cut down those. And then, so that's a double win. You get uh, more acorns from that oak tree. Plus you get all the stump sprouts from the trees you cut down. Plus you get more sunlight hitting the, the forest floor. Oh man, this made me think of something super, super cool. Um, but you get more sunlight hitting the forest floor to get new growth. But oh, I can't believe I didn't say this at the beginning. So it's just a really cool land management observation. So my in-laws got a farm in West Salem and it's been so wet the last two years that like one big section of field, it's just been like, it's, it's like a swamp, right? 
Yeah. And it's got cattails and all this swamp vegetation growing in what's been a bean or soybean field for God knows how many years, right? So it's like, well, how in the hell is that possible? Well, all these seeds have been spread there over decades, possibly, and they're just waiting for the wet, right environment to sprout. So now that you got sitting water, all these seeds that you would find in a swamp that are just happy to be there for God knows how long, it, it's just like a swamp. It's amazing. So the point is, when you go out in your woods and you cut down trees that are garbage and they're just shading everything out, there's seeds that have been there for, you know, could be decades, just waiting for sunlight. And boom, you get this massive thicket of blackberries and brambles and green briar and just, just awesome cover. Yeah. Yeah, it's so cool, man. Like it's, because I was looking at it, my father-in-law's, what the hell are you looking at? I'm like, man, to me, this is so cool. To you, it sucks, right? Because there goes all that corn income. Because it's, it's like, a, it's just a straight up swamp. It's awesome. That's crazy. That is interesting. Yeah, it's cool to see like cattails cat cat and, and like shit growing out of what used to be just corn or soybeans for forever. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely can relate on the, the woods. Like, you never know. It's just full of possibility what's underneath that floric. Isn't it just like... It's like sad to see those wide open woods and what's and like yeah those big the bare bare dirt. I'm yeah, a, and I was I, I sent it to Taylor. I we'll put it in the comments of this. I think where uh, I, I you can see like the before and afters where I cut down a bunch of trees this winter, and it's like a park. Like you can literally see forever. And then I just turn the camera around to where I cut everything down. You can't see ten feet. It is just thick with green food and cover. Um, for deer and the other thing too uh, this is really interesting let's say you have like two trees next to each other one's a nice oak or potentially a nice oak and you have an elm or um, ironwood or uh, buckthorn whatever yeah so anyhow you have two root systems right next to each other competing so if you cut the one down that big oak tree gets access to so much more water because it doesn't have to compete with another big root system anymore so it's like you're watering your tree every time it rains <laughs> That makes sense. It's so yeah, for cool. sure. So then that tree gets so much more growth, plus all that water means so much more nut production, and it all comes back to just a chainsaw and knowing what trees to cut down. Yeah. So I have a funny story that I've never understood until recently, starting to research this stuff. I had a tech ed teacher, so I took woods, and he. So in the part of woods classes, you learned a lot about trees and stuff. I obviously didn't listen because I was a dickhead. Uh, 16 year old or 14 year old, whatever I was. And he goes, he's like, we talked about hunting as my wrestling coach. And he says, my favorite thing to do while hunting in the woods is to sit and look at all the trees. And he's like, you look up at the, through like up through the trees and you can see all the competition going on. Like one tree's yep. like fighting to get, catch like sunlight there. One tree's fighting to catch sunlight there. And at the time I'm like, I have no fucking clue what you're talking about. <laughs> Like, while I'm hunting, I'm hunting. Like, I don't know why you're talking about all, like, looking at trees. And he's, like, he was, like, enthralled by it. Like, the most, it was, like, the most insane thing. Like, every year you get to go back to the stand and you see what trees are winning and beating the other trees. Right. So, it's it's interesting to say, like, like if you don't cut trees down, a lot of, like, a good oak or a good, a good tree that's really um, profitable to your property will grow all messed up too. Like it'll, it'll sit and you see those like wide right angles and trees. Like that's all because they're, they're reaching and fighting for that sun. Yep. And that's what, one of the good things too, is if you got an oak that's like crooked and just a really small crown, it's useless. Cut it down. 
And then what will happen with like a, if you cut it down when they're dormant, like if, if you want it to survive, cut it down when it's dormant. If you want it to die, um, cut it down and then hit the stump with a little bit of a roundup. Mm-hmm. But um, if you cut it down, that stump will regenerate and start over, right? So it doesn't kill it. It just gives it, a, and then you got that huge root system. So it grows so fast. It's, it's mind blowing, man. A tree that I cut down the next year will be 12 feet tall. Really? If I don't, if I don't treat it or it'll be, um, you ever heard of a mineral stone? Yep. So that's a great thing too. You cut down the tree and you get all those sprouts come out of the stone and they're super nutrient dense because you have that huge root system feeding just a few leaves and deer actually search that out, which is, um, it's pretty cool. Really super cool actually. Yeah. Then one thing too, oh, it's, it's literally just like slowing down and, and realizing like when the, even when the deer's just walking through the woods, like I, my whole life, it's always been like, I can't believe that deer's just eating that leaf. But it was never like, hey, why is why'd they choose that leaf? Yeah, right. Ask over like questions. the last like 50 plants they walk by. Well, I think that's really cool. Once you get better at identifying trees and plants and flowers, and whatever. So if I'm driving on the road, like you can tell what the soil is just based on what's growing. Like, oh, for so if sure, I'm going yeah. towards my parents' house, it's nothing but oaks and pines because it's all sand, right? Mm-hmm. And then you can tell. And, if you travel back in time when our ancestors came, that's how they chose where to plant tobacco because tobacco needs really rich soil. So they would just go and once they seen like the really good trees, they would literally cut them all down, burn everything, plant uh, tobacco for a few years until the soil is dead and then move on and do it again. And that's why all my, my ancestors planted tobacco. Yep. That whole, fa- that whole farm, my family farm was tobacco fields. Yep, and uh, I mean, looking back in history, it, it it really irritates the shit out of me because they would just destroy everything just to grow fucking tobacco, and then yeah. once the soil's depleted, they would just move on and rinse and repeat. So it's just our ancestors were such assholes. It was huh? it's unbelievable. Abuse and use the land. Yep, use it, abuse it, and not think to the future. But, Took advantage. But now it's of one that. of my favorite things is um, just uh, restoring the forest. Right. And it's like you get more deer, you get more turkeys, you get more everything. One thing I don't know, this is one thing I've learned, too, is like coyotes are good in a way because they kill the nest robbers. So you have more turkeys. And I've had more coyotes around lately, but like no raccoons on my camera. So I don't know if this uh, pack of coyotes living behind me has been been, uh, dominating some raccoons. But I don't know. It's it's it maybe it's just a coincidence, but um, you know what I mean? I don't know. Baccoons are pretty vicious, but I think, uh, I think coyote is going to win that battle most of the time. Well, I think the conversation is just off. Like you see a lot of coyotes on your trail cameras. Well, I have to go kill a bunch of coyotes. It, you're, you're, you should be saying, how can I create better cover for fawns yes, to survive? Absolutely. Yep. Like Thick cover. you're not going to kill coyotes. You're just not like nope. going to just come back. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, they're, they're amazing. That's too. I've read these coyote study guys. Uh, coyotes range is up to a hundred miles. So a coyote that you see could literally be down in Illinois somewhere the next, like in a week. Literally, it's crazy. And I've even read that, like somehow when they're yelping at night, the females know if there's less of the less of them, and she'll have more pups. It's like, yeah, just create habitat, thick cover. <laughs> Cut stuff down. I mean, Cut the right stuff down. That is, I mean, that is your solution. Like how, like there, a coyote is not going to find a fawn that's buried in a thick um, yeah. ditch that like, 
You want to hear a really cool fun factoid? Is um so they have this like uh, innate intelligence within them. So if they hear like a wolf howl or they hear something close by, you know their their defense is to not be seen, smelled, or heard. Their heartbeat will drop to one beat per minute. How crazy is that? Because like a coyote can hear their heartbeat and come eat them. So literally, they slow their metabolism down so much and they're breathing down so much that it's one beat per minute hiding in the grass. So cool. So, so cool. But yeah, they say um, if you throw a, a basketball and you can see it in the springtime when they're fawning, your shit's not thick enough. Yeah. But it's just, a, you know what I mean? It, it doesn't have to be very high, right? I mean, they lay down in what, like eight inches of grass or eight inches of whatever, but uh, you just got to have cover. So that's, um, yeah, let's move on to my, actually my next goal for this fall. As soon as the leaves drop, I got about a, oh, I don't know, acre, a couple acres section of um, poplars. And I'm just going to clear cut it all. So this fall, there's going to be a ton of poplar crowns and logs and shit laying everywhere up top for uh, the deer to hide in. So I hope the neighbors can't shoot them. <laughs> and then, um, God, I sure hope so. And then next, because that's my big problem with deer management, it's just neighbors, man. It's mm -hmm. out of my control. They like to shoot, you know what I mean? Do deer drives and just blast stuff. And then if it's small, label it a call buck so they don't feel bad. And everything's a call buck. And then, um, <laughs> you cannot affect the genetics of your deer herd. <laughs> yeah, you, you are not, <laughs> you are not some type it of just God. Can't happen. Yeah. There's, they've done that was like a, a 13 or 16 year long study on, was it 50,000 acres, three huge deer. I mean, huge, amazingly well done. Awesome. Awesome study that clearly proves calling doesn't work it's not possible to improve your genetics by shooting small bucks well the study shows the genetics come from the, the mom. mom grandma grandpa it's just like people man if there's a reason every brother doesn't look exactly alike right you know what i mean yeah it's like because you get you inherit different it's just the same way so some does just produce monster bucks and some monster bucks produce little bucks and sometimes a lot of people don't realize like sometimes Nutrition wasn't very good for a year, right? So a deer could be a 140. The next year, it can be a 138, right? Yeah. And then there's a really good year, easy year, good nutrition, and they're a 170. They explode. But someone's like, well, it didn't grow. It's a bad buck. I get it. It's just same thing with people, man. If people don't get good food, they can't grow either, right? But or anyhow. Or an eight-pointer or something. like. <laughs> or like people shoot anything without brow tines. It's like, dude, come on, man. I mean, and it's like people too, like every once in a while, you might get that Shaquille O'Neal deer, right? Which is cool when that happens, but it's just, you know, it's pretty rare, but it does happen. That actually goes to uh, a lot of guys will see like a big footprint and be like, oh, this deer is huge. It's just like people. Sometimes little people have big feet, right? It just, yeah, it just tells you you have, you have mature deer, which is- Sometimes, like, sometimes you, um, you could have a doe with big ass feet. You can have a female woman with a big ass feet. Yeah. You can have a big person with little feet. <laughs> Um, yeah, or like, <laughs> I don't know if I should say this joke. Guy used to know, we call him Big Little Joe. Great big guy with a tiny little wiener, right? <laughs> so sometimes, uh, sometimes you just get the shaft in that. But anyhow, my goal as soon as the leaves drop is to just literally, I'm going to cut down every single poplar because if they're getting old and if they die, um, they're gone. But if you cut them down, you get just this massive regrowth of thick, thick young poplars, which deer and grouse and so many animals just love. Can you tell a consistency like 
is there uh like would you say like five new trees appear like grow where that stump was no you don't have a hundred like per tree per tree so yeah so i mean the root system is going to spread out for how many meters in every direction right Mm -hmm. so those root systems just shoot out um babies everywhere i mean thousands and thousands so one of the the last it was i don't know acre and a half two acres i cut down i mean thousands it, it's amazing you can't see 10 feet you can't oh, see i was in there you cannot see anything that yeah, was like in may yeah it's just so many young trees come up but what happens <laughs> is if you see those conks those big hard mushrooms on them that grows on death or dying and uh so that once it gets to that point it's time to start cutting them all down and it's really counterintuitive right it's like it, it's just counterintuitive because they look pretty you know get these big tall trees it's like man i'm killing them but you're not killing them you're improving so what I'll do is I'll cut down every single poplar, um, every elm tree, every ash tree, all the ash trees are, I kind of question cutting them all down too. There's gotta be some out there that are resistant to those bugs that can propagate. But um, every basswood, I'll cut everything down except for any like beautiful straight oaks with nice crowns. I'll leave a few of those scattered in. So you get like beautiful oaks mixed in with a shit ton of um, poplar regrowth. And a few oaks isn't going to block enough sun to inhibit that regrowth. And it's just, it's gorgeous. And then you got those trees laying everywhere. So you got big logs that deer can tuck up under to uh, bed down. And two, um, all those logs make a lot of mushrooms. I really, and mushrooms are such a, a high protein source. Here's a crazy fact for you. Mushrooms are uh, more genetically similar to us than to plants. Really? Yeah. So mushrooms are closer to an animal genetically than to a plant. And I think mushrooms are an undervalued, underappreciated deer food source. I think they eat a lot more of them than people realize. I do, especially because I like to go out looking for mushrooms. And it's like, you know, what the hell was, you can just see it. Like, what the hell was eating on these, right? Mm -hmm. It's either, I don't know, I'm sure coon, maybe, maybe coon. Um, There's no bear around me, but it's got to be deer, you know? Well, you would assume that if we're willing to eat them. (laughs) It's such a nutrient, it's like such a nutritious food why wouldn't they you know what i mean yeah and and two just for me i enjoy um dead poplar logs is where you find oyster mushrooms and in my opinion oyster mushrooms are better than morels a lot better actually that's really i I love that yeah it's cool i enjoy it so yeah and all it comes down to is uh, a chainsaw and a little bit of um practice with the saw to make it happen the hard part is the hardest part to be honest is just you know cutting cutting getting it started um, cause it's so hard it, to not get trees hung up, you know, and that's, what's dangerous is when you start getting a couple of trees caught up, you know what I'm saying? Kind of leaning on each other. Well, I mean, there's people that do this for a living too. Yeah. Yeah. You well, out, you can hire out that stuff in theory, man. They're so damn, cause I tried, they're so damn busy. Cause I yeah. talked to a few loggers they are like, Oh yeah, we're two years out. Well, I'm like, well, I don't really want to wait two years. So I bought a chainsaw and watched some stuff on YouTube and then, had some experienced friends come over and um, just show me what to do. Well, that's, a, that's, I mean, that's, that's another thing. Find experienced friends because yeah, yeah. it's definitely not worth getting hurt over and you definitely can. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I just learned uh, Anthony's dad at lacrosse surgery because he's got that really funky forearm. I don't know if you mm-hmm. noticed that. It's because oh, yeah. yeah, it's from a, a woodcutting accident. I didn't realize that was dead because that's the guy that sold me his bow, my bow. Yeah. Just, I mean, obviously, yeah. I mean, he's lucky he's not dead, but his uh, arm and leg are all deformed from, uh, 
yeah, cutting wood accident. Cutting wood accident um, knocked out my brother's two front teeth. And so it's just something you really want to be careful. That's for damn sure. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure everyone has a friend. Yeah. That yeah, can yeah, yeah. And help on that stuff. And yeah, absolutely. Has experience with it. And, or heck, maybe you have experience with it and you just haven't been using it for this purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Get, uh, get a friend or get out and, Dude, I really think, because you know what I mean, when it comes to hunting industry and hunting TV shows and yada yada, they're all about making money. I mean, that just, it just is, right? And there's nothing to sell if you're teaching people how to go and cut down the right trees. There's nothing oh, yeah. to sell. There's, there's very little talk about what those giant um, shows, juries, um, Lee and Tiffany, what they're doing in their woods. <laughs> how, many, how many segments are like, We've done this, 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 and this in in our woods to improve the habitat in there because you know they're doing it. They yeah. have to. Yeah, we've but, been select cutting these trees, hinge cutting these trees, stump treating these trees so they don't come back. It's like there's no money there. It's like uh, we plant these seeds, buy these seeds. We use this scent, buy this scent. We use this. Actually, I just took a picture. I forgot to send it to you. This giant wall of cover scent. It's like for God's sakes, it's uh, or scent killers or scent blockers or. Do you use do you use any scent stuff? <clears throat> um, yeah, my cover scent is smoke. Actually, I use a I get my clothes to smell like a wood smoke because it's such a strong strong scent. I learned that from a book I read. This old whitetail hunting book is a guy who had spent his whole life hunting whitetails on public land in northern Wisconsin, and um, and it made perfect sense to me because there's like chimneys smoke everywhere, right? That's not never going to spook a deer, mm -hmm. and it's such a strong scent. He would soak his clothes in a smoke so it just smells like a chimney so that's what i like to do so just liquid smoke or what i got one of those uh, beehive smokers oh yeah that's right stuff leaves in it and just puff my stuff with smoke um but uh what was i think oh yeah because i've read and it's just i mean i've read studies where they'll take clothes and soak them in that scent blocker stuff like soak them and then bury them and then see if a dog can try and find them and a dog's nose doesn't come close. Like these dogs they use don't come close to a deer's nose. Mm -hmm. And like they beeline to it. Right? Yeah. It's like fucking ridiculous. Yeah. I, the only thing I use is um, I have a little ozone zapper thing that is not one of the, <laughs> the giant properties or, or companies. It's, right. uh, but I mean. I mean, ozone does kill scent for sure. Well, oh, it's just, it cleans stuff too. Like it's a way to clean yeah. like, people people have you been using ozone for years for cl like cleaning um, yeah like, so that i mean i do that too i'll hang my clothes in my basement and then blast that whole room and my clothes hang with my basement in the you know what i'm saying yeah so i'll blast all my clothes and everything with ozone and then and then um soak it with smoke so like the only smell in there is smoke right. especially if i got a big buck that i'm chasing right when i got a bunch of little uh rinker dinks i'm out to shoot a doe I don't really do that, but I should because those are so damn smart. Um, I don't know why I don't. But. Right. Yeah. So, but overall, keep keep the scent stuff to play in the wind and hunting. Oh, that's, yeah. I mean, you, you're not going to fool anything. Did you, get, did you get busted out west by scent at all or no? I'm trying to think. See, I because um, I have. Not, not directly on a stock just because – we were, I mean, we were, that's lived on that, like would not approach anything if it was the wrong wind. Right. So I've had it where I've been out <laughs> West and the wind's great. And then all of a sudden I'll feel it hit the back of my neck. Right. And it's like, fuck. Yep. And it is crazy. 
like how far away a deer also his fucking nose just goes up and it's like it makes me realize like how many you know in wisconsin you can see how far if you're in the woods right it's like how many deer have smelled me that i've never you know never seen it and it's like fuck this guy and just loops around me. you, know well, you I mean? have to you have to assume it's every single deer that's downwind of you yeah i yeah, mean that's, that's how i play it now it's like if you think that there's a possibility of a deer being downwind of you, then it probably smelled you. Probably. Now, the only thing I have found is geographic advantage. Yep. Topography. Yep. Use the um, yeah. So, like, I, the only time I will hunt a spot where I expect a deer to come downwind of me is on – I only have, like, two or three spots like this. And it's, and it's very, like – like I'm not messing around with it anymore unless it's these exact conditions. Right. It's a giant point that runs off by itself without many things that are coming without many points near it. And you need to have a very wide ditch bowl type situation where that wind has to go a long ways before it hits the other hillside to kick back. Right. You will legitimately get like, if you go down a couple steps or a couple feet, um, like 10 to 20 feet down that hill, you will feel a stiff, breeze coming up the hill at you so you're in there is those like weird like vortex like things so like the wind essentially is hitting off the far hillside funneling all the way back through and coming up where like it's hitting you in the face instead of blowing over your back yeah a really good visual is if you're watching a stream with a few rocks in it and uh, you know how the like different parts the water is going different directions exact same thing with uh, valleys and hills it's gotta be it's gotta be like a massive it's got to be a, a giant ditch it has to it has to be a very wide ditch because the 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 narrow ditches you're screwed i've done it it's not a good idea i was gonna say have you ever sat like down in a valley between two steep hills and seen anything no <laughs> you know what i mean like because i'm just like you just your your shit is just blown bounced around everywhere it's, i don't yeah. think it's possible i don't I, I mean if you sit somewhere long enough then yeah like maybe you can get Get like lucky. maybe you maybe you have a 20 to 25 mile an hour wind and you know exactly what that wind's doing in that spot because you've been right. out there enough times in those conditions other than that fuck no i'm never doing that not ever like last yep. year jed and i sat on it wasn't even the bottom it was like the second it was like the second ridge so like the main ridge that comes down and then you always have that yep. second plateau and we thought i thought i've always said like oh that's gonna be a great spot great spot great spot um and every single deer for 13 hours blew at us. Every <laughs> single dude, I'm not kidding you. And then, like, you know, once you're down there, you're like, well, we're here. We're here <laughs> for the day. And oh my, I've never been so pissed off in a day. Yeah, man. That's what I love, love, love ridge tops in the morning where the sun's coming up and the thermals are pulling your scent up. So it's right. there, it almost doesn't matter which way the wind's going because it's like your scent is like circling up. And um, mm-hmm. I've had deer, deer will come from every direction and like just, they just never smell me. You're, um, you're essentially cheat, untouchable. Cheat their nose. So that's, and that's what's cool about, well, yeah, it's because it's like land management. So that's why I like mine, I, I, I've cut everything and create travel routes and put water holes and everything so I can get to and hunt the ridge tops or ridge edges. And um, I was thinking too, even if a person doesn't own land, if, if the land owner that you're leasing from is like not a complete dumbass and 
It's like, hey, man, this hunter is willing to cut down my undesirable trees and improve my desirable trees. It's like, that's a win-win. But I think some, you know, a lot of landowners like, no, don't cut down the trees. That's bad for the forest. But if you can convince them. We got to present it in a way that makes sense to them. Which is not always, you know what I mean? You don't know. Not always possible. It's not always possible. The old dairy farmer mentality. It's like, (laughs) Jesus Christ, dude. I'm cutting down yeah. buckthorn. Oh no, that buckthorn's thick. <laughs> yeah, like, it's not. Fuck. It's not always possible, but if you think about it enough and and really attempt to try to present it in a way that's yeah to them, and it's it might work. But <laughs> well, cool, man. I gotta tell you what. Come Monday or Tuesday when we talk again, either you or Jed or um, this uh, young guy I got out here or myself is gonna shoot something. Jed got a doe the other night with a, with oh, did a he? bad bow. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah, I'd like to get out and shoot a doe or two before all the leaves drop and things change um, big time. By me, I got to like, it's one of the things I don't like um, hunting the afternoons as much for me is because I'm not good at seeing blood at all. In the dark, I'm just straight up terrible. Are you colorblind? No, I'm not. But it's just, it's so embarrassing. So I'm like, I can't find this blood trail. And I'll call someone over and like, oh, it's right here. I'm like, you know what I mean? And then it's beeline right down this trail. And I'm like, I'm not seeing this shit. And, uh, <laughs> but anyhow, uh, the two deer I've left overnight here, the coyotes have eaten. So, um, well, and you're, 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 you're battling a lot of stuff right now too. And you're battling with the warmth you're battling with. Yeah. Um, all that. It's just, yeah. I mean, if I'm going out, I have a plan for that, for that night. And if it needs to be pushed to the morning, I have people lined up. And I, I think that right. I, help you. Yeah. I brought that up in my the last blog post. Like, don't I mean September's not worth number one ruining your hunt. And every time you really go in there, like specifically hunting a specific deer, like it should your plan should be to kill it. Like it shouldn't be like oh, oh, yeah. I'm gonna go in here and hang out. Like, like you need to figure out if I shoot this tonight, and it's a, and it's go time tonight. Who's gonna help me if I'm if I'm gonna have to wait till the morning? Who's gonna help me in the morning? Like those things are. I always consider those things now, but. That's what happens when you when you mature. Yeah, but but you're single or without kids, so you know it's, it's like, oh man, wife's off Friday morning, I can go Friday morning. <laughs> yeah, it's just that's that's how it's got. It sometimes works out for. Oh, for sure. I mean, like tomorrow, yeah. It's just even if I wanted to go, I just can't. So let someone else go behind the house. But yeah, cool, man. Well, good luck, and we'll talk uh, in a week. Sounds good. Sounds good.